so, I mean, <laughs> I was starting to tell you, uh, yeah, I've been having kind of a, a rough week. I, I think that it's actually, I don't know, we had like a brief respite with finding, with the election results. And tonight, they they finally certified Georgia after the recount for, for Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, you know, so I don't. I've been kind of watching a lot of this stuff with the the uh, the bullshit um, appeals and all that kind of thing. Um, and I don't know. It's just roughly been roughly. It's it's generally been a, a a pretty rough week. And then I saw your your big article came out. Yeah. The AV Club. Yeah, my big AV. And that was like a bright, bright, uh, it cheered me right the fuck up. Well, so, well, thanks. I'm glad I was able to. For a little to- bit anyway. I'm not going to give you too much credit. It'll, it was temporary. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could be the uh, ray of sunshine in your uh, in your dark cloud. Um, That's a great fucking article, man. Oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah, so uh, for those who've been listening pretty regularly, I've been working on, I've been kind of teasing this big project. Um, that I've been working on. So back in July, I sold this pitch to the AV Club on the history of Electra Records from like 83 to like the mid-90s. Um, and I've interviewed like a few A&R people. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Kirk Hammett from Metallica. <laughs> John Flansburg from They Might Be Giants. And... Um, Pete Rock and uh, just like all these people who um, were on the label um, and it took like three months or so all together to like just get it all done it came out yesterday it was um, it was so great and um, I, I've just been really surprised uh, um, the feedback for it so far has been just amazing and heartfelt um it it's really made my day um so uh made my week uh and i it's uh when you're done listening to us yap about for an hour and a half i mean it's it's a good <laughs> ten thousand word article uh um so um clock uh carve up a good 15 minutes to half an hour of your time to to read this thing <laughs> it's really but um, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. <laughs> yeah, you should be. I mean, it's it's a fucking achievement, man. It, it um, it's really something. I'm I'm proud of you, man. Thanks, man. Um, it's it's like you know I know that you're older than me, but it's uh, <laughs> I, it's what I imagine that some parents feel for their children. So. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> But and uh, yeah, I mean, because we've been talking about it the entire time, but I haven't been able to say shit about it. So yeah, I didn't want someone to steal my cool idea. Oh, but um, I have been. I was talking to one of the A and R guys today, um, over Twitter, and he told me how much he liked it. And uh, in between him talking about how him and. Chris France, like working the same of talking heads, like working the same radio station and <laughs> um, hanging out with Daryl Hannah of <laughs> um, wow. like he, he, like, so the thing about this story that keeps coming up 
that just amazes the F out of people is the president of Electra Records has the promotion guy come over for dinner and making lamb chops and then they got a knock on the door. The promotion guy, his name's Mike Bone, um, gets it. And Robert Smith and the Cure are at the door. Um, and they're checking out all this like cool modern art. And there's another knock at the door. Mike Bone goes to get it. Henry fucking Kissinger. <laughs> like, and he's just, and I remember, and Mike, Mike Bone, um, listening back to the interview, he has like a very Southern accent. He's very gentlemanly. He's like, just tell me like, introducing Robert Smith to Henry Kissinger. <laughs> like, Mr. Kissinger, this is Robert Smith. <laughs> like, it's just... Can you just imagine? I, I, like, I don't, I don't have a very good Henry Kissinger, but no. that is the closest thing I get to Henry Kissinger, which is actually me doing like Killinger from Vol- from uh, from Venture Brothers. <laughs> mm. Well done, sir. But um, yeah, it's like the really big. Um, it seems to be the thing people like talk about is this this dinner and. When I was talking to the A&R guy, he's like, yeah, I had, like, I went to a couple of those dinners, and I'm having, like, Daryl Hannah, and, like, like what? <laughs> Just thinking, like, and then, like, even today's, like, um, like I occasionally ran to Chris France from Talking Heads, because he's a DJ at the radio station I work at, and <laughs> I'm like, and this is the guy who's discovered... Like Nelly Merchant and the Sugar Cubes, which Bjork was like a member of. I'm thinking like, as if like you didn't have like that to hang your hat on, like, <laughs> like you like live in the same town as Chris France and Tina Weymouth. <laughs> like, it's just it's a you you weren't like okay I get it you're cool <laughs> like no and and he's really like like you're cool but like now you're like really fucking cool like it, and it's just like cool like I know like I I I've met him and I've talked to him and just like there's so much of the more to the story than like I I got the good parts I think but there's so much more of the story like other like. I want to hear the about good like parts, eh? Yeah, I want to hear. Like, you got the really, you got the great parts, but they're even like, like really good parts. Like, I want to hear about Daryl Daryl Hannah, and I want to, <laughs> like, um, like, uh, I'm just saying the the good parts. Yeah, like well, in a good place. Oh yeah. He's in a, a good oh, was that place. the good segue there? <laughs> was that the good segue? It was very, it was very natural. I see what you did there. That was very organic. <laughs> you should be proud. <laughs> Thanks, sir. Thanks for once again bring me down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 amazing, man. But um, good, mm-hmm. yeah. People should absolutely go read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I will have. Uh, People know that uh, this evening I am partaking. I don't know if you can see this in uh, Sioux City sarsaparilla. <laughs> Do you have to use so many cuss words, dude? <laughs> you got a good, you got a good sarsaparilla. Yeah. And Sioux City. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Yeah. I uh, I'm, I'm once again being basic with my uh, raspberry white claw. It's funny. Um, this week they started doing new episodes of The Price Is Right, and Drew Carey is now um, has a beard and a mustache, um, kind of in the style of the dude. Or uh, oh really? Or moral the, the COVID facial hair? Yeah. And um, I, he, he looks great. I mean, um, but he, um, someone bid four twenty this morning, <laughs> and uh, he started doing um, some McConaughey and some some uh, <laughs> uh, Lebowski uh, in between games, like uh, with uh, George the announcer. It was pretty funny. Uh, he's like four twenty. And it was very clear um, that the contestant did that on purpose. Uh, so he's like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But anyway, um, I interrupted your good segue. Um, so this is... Well, you know, I don't know. It doesn't have to be... It was an okay segue. Um, <laughs> well, I just did the good segue. It was... A, it was a, it wasn't a good segue. It was a pretty good segue. But uh, this is What the Fork. I'm Jared. I'm Jason. You can find us on social media, specifically Instagram and Twitter, at What the Fork Pod. You can email us at whattheforkpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, donate to the show if you'd like. You can find patreon.com slash hootenwaddle and help, uh, help a, a, a small company out there. And, uh, you know, oh, and you can buy our merch on Redbubble. If you go to redbubble.com and search for Hoot and Waddle, you can get a What the Fork logo merch thing. You can get uh, drop the underscore like it's hot. And uh, you have to say it that way. You have to drop the underscore like it's hot. Hot. Um, hot. And you can get a mask. Uh, mask the fork up, chili babies, because uh, COVID's back on the on the rise in a very steep, steep way. Oh uh, uh, yeah. And you can find my uh, my my celebrated journalist friend here um, <laughs> now in the in the AV club uh, at uh, Jason E Kyle K E I L on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, and uh, you can find local podcaster extraordinaire. Jerry Duran at LTD underscore engagement on the Twitters. Drop the underscore like it's hot on the Instas. And, um, yeah, and speaking of um, drop the underscore like it's hot, um, if you are interested in that on those masks and that merch, the link is available in the show notes. That's right, because we're a professional outfit. Mm-hmm. We may not sound like it, but... Uh... We may not sound like it, we may not look like it, and we are... Oh, that's right, we aren't. Uh, but, you know, we do what we can. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that that must have felt pretty good, though, right, for a rough year? Yeah, I mean, it's weird. As, um, as rough as this year has been, and it's been effing rough, I mean, I've... I've um, achieved some goals this year. Uh, I've always wanted to write for AV Club since I was in college. Finally did it. 
crossed off a lot of people I've wanted to interview off my list uh, as a result. Got to talk to Jim Atkins, uh, crossed that off the list. Um, if I talk to Alice Cooper uh, by December 31st, um, I could die a happy man. Is that a possibility? <laughs> Anything's possible, dude. I didn't think I'd get to talk to Jim Atkins this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I, maybe that's... I, well, I don't feel like I've done shit this year. Mm. I mean, ever since, you know, lockdown eight months ago or whatever it is, uh, I... I feel like i haven't like i haven't written a damn thing that's not true i've written some music um it's just i don't know maybe it's the holidays barreling down also you know what happens is you get in this kind of spiral where mm. i'm just you know i i catch myself feeling sorry for myself and then mm-hmm. that makes me feel like shit because i'm feeling sorry for myself like other people have like so as I was mentioning briefly off mic, like all I've been able to stay interested in is uh, the Tweety Show, uh, which if you're not aware of what that is, it's it just it's Jeff Tweety from Wilco. His his family um, does like an almost nightly show from their home uh, on Instagram Live, and then Mark Maron's Instagram Live in the mornings, mm-hmm. and so th- that's that's how I wake up with Maron and then go to bed with Tweety. Uh, and then, but so today I was listening to that Michael J. Fox interview. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm still in the middle of Glenn Close. It, well, which that was a really cool interview too. Oh my gosh. Um, I was like, wait, she was in a fucking cult. <laughs> yeah. That was, <laughs> that was kind of an eye opener. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she just, she just seems generally pretty cool. I mean, look at everybody, you know, all the roles that she's done, the iconic roles and the people that she's worked with over the years. And, and it's pretty incredible shit. Um, but yeah, the Michael J. Fox interview, again, just, you know, it's a great talk. And, you know, like his outlook on life is pretty fucking miraculous mm-hmm. um, and, 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 you know, inspiring and uplifting and all that stuff. Um, but then again, I'm like, there, there's a dude who, you know, has been living with Parkinson's for like 30 years. Um, and you know, has this, this, I I don't know, like incredible way of looking at, at life still. And, um, you know, I've, I've had kind of a rough couple of years, you know, and so that just makes me, it just puts me into an even bigger spiral. So you're going to love talking about this episode today. <laughs> you know what? This episode, I, I, I like this episode a lot. I do too. Um, um, even though it's um, pretty much a elaboration on, um, part of it is an elaboration of a scene that takes place in the uh, cult film Empire Records, Jim Blossoms. <laughs> Uh, um, but, um, uh, no, I, I really, like, it's funny because this episode starts out like as a filler episode, then like really ramps up everything up, um, towards the end. It's yeah. just so great. Um, one more thing I want to mention before we dig into it. Um, have you watched the Queen's Gambit yet? 
No, I still, I, I really haven't been able to concentrate on anything. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I decided to finish up uh, that, that show Parenthood, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, that didn't help my mood any. That was, that's, it's a really very sad, emotional, like, uh, emotionally, uh, like, wrenching show. Um, and I've been able to watch Psych occasionally because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's kind of fun. Um well, um, but yeah, um, Queen's Gambit will cheer you right up. I mean, Lorfin who gets into drugs and drinking, uh, and plays and wins at chess. Um, but it all works out. Uh, um, it's really I don't good. Know. I'll figure something yeah. out. It happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, we've talked about this before. We both deal dep- with depression on a regular basis. It's yeah. just, you know, eventually something. These things happen. It's just you just kind of ride it out, and eventually, things you know, be, get back to normal again after a while. And this is just one of those, mm-hmm. one of those times. I so. hear, I hear you, man. But, um, I mean, as good as this week has been, it <laughs> was preceded by at least four months of anxiety and depression. And <laughs> I get you. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I don't think we're alone. I, I you know, I was, I, I've been reading a lot on this lately about how. Um, sorry, this is apparently a very special what the fork, but I've, I've been reading about suicide rates going up too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and as and as uh, depressed as I can get, I, I, I've you know I've never been suicidal, but I, I can certainly, you know, sympathize with that and and the fact that that people just you know especially being so isolated i i can only imagine that that's so i don't know you know what let's wrap up this talk by just saying if if you need the help you should get it and Mm. if you're able to recognize somebody that needs the help you should try to help them get it Mm -hmm. and there's you know unfortunately i think that there's still a lot of stigma out there and people not wanting to be open mm-hmm. about about mental illnesses and um, that's one of the reasons uh, I, I can't speak for both of us but I know that's one of the reasons that uh, you know in, in as long as I've been podcasting why I have actually uh, been very forthright about that mm-hmm. um, about what I've gone through because I know that it's been helpful to me to hear other people kind of work through Mm-hmm. Um, similar things. Do whatever you need to to help yourself, um, yeah, I, or to try to get help. And there are the hotlines out there, and there are a lot of services that are available. It's important. Yeah. So, and I'll be forthcoming. Um, I mean, I I'm married, and I have two loving boys, but uh, no, it, things got shit got pretty dark. Uh, uh, during the pandemic, especially after I got laid off. Um, and uh, when my anxiety got bad, it just made me feel sort of spiral. And um, I, I was lucky someone close to me recognized it. And I decided to take some action and talk to somebody about it. Um, but I mean, um, and last few weeks have been 
um, I've been pretty happy um, because I sought that help. Um, so there is there is help out there. I, I've been I, I've been experienced. Like I I I, I guess this is going to turn into a special episode. But yeah, I've I, I've had some suicidal thoughts and for while and I wasn't in any danger or anything, but I recognized I needed to make a change and there are way and there are people who can help. Um, I mean, I'm very fortunate that I have the ability to seek that help, but there are ways that anyone can seek help. So do your research and talk to someone. Um, it's, kind of changed the shitty year around a bit. Um, so, um, yeah, just, um, I, it's, it's something I've been working through for a while and, uh, yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we're going to dive into, Season 4, Episode 8 of The Good Place. <laughs> this is titled, The Funerals to End All Funerals. Yeah. So, I mean, what what better way to, to transition? <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah. I, I, we'll get into it. But uh, Netflix says, as, as the judge hears Michael and Sean's arguments about the results of the experiment, Janet and the humans give each other the funerals they deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you know, fun fact, um, this episode was directed by our uh, good friend of the show, Kristen Bell. And a fine job she does. Yeah, she did good. So, really proud of her. Thanks, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's going places. Yeah. She'll be fine. <laughs> so that's how the obelisk works. Comfortable. Oh, hey guys, what's up? What's up? Tell us what happened. Did we win? Did we lose? Is humanity saved forever? And did you find my Nintendo? I can't find it anywhere. Never mind. I'm holding it. Sorry, I can't reveal the results of the experiment until we get to the judges' chambers. Okay, where is everyone? Where's Simone and John and Brenton? Actually, I don't care about any of those doofs. Where's Cheaty? Oh, he's on the toilet. Sorry, that's not enough information. The test subjects are frozen in stasis, so I put them in the bathroom and I place Cheaty on the toilet. The best seat. Let's wake him up. You know, so I can, like, be reunited with the man I love. Snappy, snappy, memory fixie. The judge says no one gets unfrozen until she's ruled on the case. Oh, humans have to stay here. You can't see the numbers. Hang on. I worked my ash off running this neighborhood for a full year, and I'm not even allowed to hear how we did? Yes. And here's a bottle of tequila. Okay, let us know how it goes. So, okay. A few things about the opener. Um, one, this ruins my theory that I was developing from the last episode, which I thought that maybe, um, because you know how you, um, you caught how Eleanor said damn in the last episode. Yeah. Um, 
So I thought, oh, well, maybe once they reveal that it's not the good place, suddenly they can curse. Mm-hmm. But then this just this just threw that because she she said Ash. Yeah, and um, they're in the middle place. Right. Um. Anyway, the bottle of tequila. <laughs> Michael had that at the ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no way in that the uh, in that scene that uh, he had the time to get Janet to uh, to uh, procure it for him. So he, where did he have? the giant bottle of tequila hidden the entire time that they were standing there. Well, it's at Mindy's place. I think she has a pretty good stash of alcohol. So he just happened to grab it? Yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Even if we succeeded, there's no guarantee she'll keep us together. She might just snap her fingers and send us flying into different dimensions. How was that? Did I cheer everyone up? Aw, oh, man, are we gonna die again? We've died so many times. We've probably had, like, 15 funerals by now. It's getting annoying. If it would cheer you up, I could tell you what happened at your original funerals. Tahani, Moby spoke first. He claimed that... Uh, please stop. I don't want to hear it. Uh, what about mine? Your friend... I, I didn't bother to look this up because I figured that that you would know. Oh, because I... Off the top of your head. Oh, because I'm the, um... I'm the uh, authority on creepy things that Moby does <laughs> because I do You're just, just, it's just that you keep up slightly more on things than I do. Well, that's um, true. And I was like a big fan of Moby before play ever happened. Um, but I, I'm, so, not, I'm not here. I'll, I'll get down from my pedestal now and, okay, and I'll explain um, to you what she's referring to. Um, I know it's it has something to do with Natalie Portman, doesn't it? Yeah, he. She claimed that they didn't date, and he claims that they did, um, and it got really weird. Um, so. So of of course, he spoke at Tahani's funeral and claimed that they had gotten together. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, going to elaborate further for you so you can uh... so Moby claimed in his memoir that he once dated Nellie Portman back when she was a student at Harvard Um, but uh, of course um, at the time uh, Nellie Portman was 20 and Moby was 33 Um, so um and then uh, Nellie Portman uh, uh, said that they never dated. And then Moby said, you're wrong, Nellie Portman. Uh, we did. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, I mean, <laughs> I would tend to believe Natalie Portman. However, even if they did date, I would imagine Natalie Portman would want to forget that they had. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, it, it, it got it got pretty thorny. Uh, you know, he opened up quite the can of worms on social media for a while. Like, but I do. I'm like, like, it's already creepy enough that you're 
33 and dating a college student. <laughs> like, uh, and yeah. to deny her um, version of events uh, made it worse. So, and it just doesn't look good. Yeah. Regardless. Mm-hmm. Friends didn't say things about you so much as they graffitied a red lobster about you. Yeah, in Jacksonville, that's the first stage of grief. In Arizona, you can either have a regular funeral or they can put your body out on a shooting range and you get a $200 state tax credit. Hang on. This is how we take on... <laughs> All right. So, so for- we have the continued trashing of Florida and Arizona. Yeah. So for about like a minute or two, uh, the way I first watched this, I actually did believe this was true. <laughs> And then you looked it up and verified that it was not? I did not. I, I didn't bother. It was pretty funny, though. Um, but um, here's the one thing I was curious about. Uh, do you get the credit before or after the funeral? Because after the funeral, it's not going to mean shit, right? Well, I mean, I suppose it doesn't matter to you regardless. Uh, she's saying that you put the body on a shooting range for a $200 credit. So you're already dead. Um, it, I mean, the tax credit, I would imagine, would go to whatever whoever your benefactors were. Yeah. Um, so at that point, it doesn't who cares so I, if it's before or after the funeral. I mean, it is the funeral, basically. I, I mean, it's a solid dig at, at our state's lax t- uh, gun laws. Um, but uh, I, I concur. Yeah. <laughs> but when you think about it, um, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> No, but it's funny, and yeah. she's she sells it. Um, so yeah, so uh, uh, there is something I did want to ask you. Uh, uh, I, I did want to ask. Uh, so, um, what uh, what's your what's your ideal funeral going to be like, uh, there, Jared? I didn't, and and let's be clear, it's what your ideal funeral will be like. It's not how uh, you imagine it will be right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Right now, how I imagine it would be uh, is a whole lot of nothing. Um, uh, so, I here's the thing. Mine, I think, would be a little bit more of a of a wake than a, a funeral mm-hmm. per se. I, I first of all do not plan to get buried. Uh, I, I know that that's not a uh, it's not in the Jewish tradition. Uh, but I have always uh, planned to be cremated. Um, so. I would um I would assume that that by the time I go, you know, there will be some some of my favorite musicians will mourn the loss um my my loss and and and, and speak uh, about great fond memories of of hanging out and jamming with me. So um, um which Spice Girl is going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I mean, I, I don't think it would be too much to ask. Um, you know, I, unfortunately, all of my favorite musicians are older than I am. But you know, I'm thinking that uh, that that uh, Eddie Vedder could write a good song about me. Mm-hmm. You know, something uh, a good slow number for for that'll um, become a fan favorite off of a middling Pearl Jam album. Jerry Dodden. That's rule today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I spoke at Jared's funeral today. Try forget this. <laughs> no. Um, and also, you know, I've I've always, you know that 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 uh, that Bill Callahan song. Uh, actually, it was recorded uh, as Smog, but um, Dress Sexy at My Funeral. Yeah, yeah. I'm aware of it. I've always hoped a, a little bit that uh, that that would be that would be uh, my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which now now I want to bring that up because um, <laughs> there's uh, I, I need people to understand because it seems like probably not everybody knows uh, that song. But, uh, it's it's off of uh, one of the are, best smog albums in my attention. Are my, you saying uh, our discerningly our discerning listenership does not know who Bill Callahan, let alone smog, is? Um, I'm saying, you know, I live in the real world. I know that, uh, that, that it, you know, you're not gonna, uh, maybe unless you, you, uh, heard, uh, cold blooded old times on the high fidelity soundtrack. Um, well, that's how I got into probably smart, have dude. Not had, uh, well, same here actually. Yeah. These are some of my favorite. Uh, it's off of the album Dongs of Savotion, which um, is also one of my favorite <laughs> album titles. <laughs> uh, but course, it's, that's great. I broke Jason. <laughs> um, but uh, it's Dress Sexy at My Funeral, My Good Wife, For the First Time in Your Life. Were your blouse undone to here and your skirt split up to there? Uh, oh, dress sexy at my funeral, my good wife, for the first time in your life. Uh, wink at the minister, blow kisses to my grieving brothers. Um, tell them about the time we did it on the beach with fireworks above us, on the railroad tracks with gravel in your back, uh, in the back room of a crowded bar, and in the very graveyard where my body now rests. Yeah, I, you know, um, I think that would be a good way to go. <laughs> Class until the end, Jared. Class until I'm the saying. end. <laughs> but uh, enough about me. What that you got to answer the question in turn now. Oh well, I didn't think about it when I wrote this question a few hours ago. I've had all this time to think about it too. Um, and I tried to think of something that wasn't the uh, oh the uh, high fidelity answer to it where uh someone sings you're the best thing that ever happened to me by class nine the pips um though um i mean that is kind of imagine how i would like it to be um because it's a damn good song um uh i mean ideally um it would be a um, viking funeral um people will shoot um you know, arrows of fire as I'm drift out to the lake. Um, It'd be like the end of Rocket Gibraltar. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've never seen that movie. Uh, I, I, I'm aware How of it. How have you not seen that movie? I was too busy watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Labyrinth, okay? <laughs> um, I, I, that's... Um, I was... Well, I, I, I was too busy watching good movies, Jared. It's a great fucking film. Burt Lancaster, it's it's one of his last his final films. 
Uh, the ensemble in that is amazing. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I've let you down, but... I, I, I'm not diner level shocked, but I'm shocked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, diner. <laughs> um, no, I, I, um, I imagine it'd be something like that, um, where, you know, you know, and, you know, Kristen among, uh, many women who've carried a torch for me, uh, are just crying and they can't explain why they're crying. Uh, and, um, they'll play, um, try to imagine what song they'd play. And it'd probably be either like a, um, it'd probably be a funeral for a friend, um, by Elton John, maybe supper's ready by Genesis. Uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, that's the 23 minute song that takes up all of side two of trespass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by Peter Gabriel, which is pretty much the book of revelations. Um, I mean, it, it seems fitting for me, uh, but enough about me. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, th I think that at this, I, you know, if I want that sort of thing, uh, to happen, I, I gotta get on it. Cause at this point, if I were, if I were to die tomorrow, there's, you know, the only, my funeral's going to be Susu smacking my face, wondering why I won't get up and feed her. Uh, um, don't worry. I'll make sure um, your ashes are not are put in a proper, uh, are put in a proper uh, receptacle and not a coffee can. <laughs> Is there a proper place where you'd like me to spread them? Um, <laughs> you know, Donnie was a bowler. <laughs> and he loved to surf he did and he surfed the beaches from leo Creo to yeah i yeah I, yeah I yeah yeah so so where am i spraying your ashes jared honestly you know that would not be a bad thing to be uh taken to the beach and scattered into the ocean okay I'll take you to Santa Monica. I'd be good with that. I'll take you to Santa Monica. All well, I ask, except there, uh, you know, if it just uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> all I ask is that uh, no one dumps me in Tempe Town Lake. I mean, it's pretty dirty. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I don't want to go on a man-made lake. I, I would prefer to uh, to uh, ocean. You know, that's that's. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, I want all of my records to go with me. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm taking your records. <laughs> you don't know it yet, but I'm taking your fucking records. Uh, well, as long as they, get to, they go to a good home. Yeah. They'll go to um, my home. I know where the that was. That was always simultaneously one of the only reason I would want to have children. And then my biggest fear of having children is that one, I would want that I would uh, want my stuff to go to them to enjoy it. Um, and then my fear is that they would hate all of my music oh. um, and <laughs> and not 
not want any of it. That that's that's funny because um, that is literally what happened to my dad, <laughs> and he ended up throwing them away. <laughs> um, um, to his credit, though, um, he um, it's funny. So my dad had like like four orange crates of records. Um, some I I know he had some girls. I know he had Led Zeppelin three. Um, I know he had Tommy. Which I actually think I have it now. Uh, yeah, who's next? He had like his. He had some decent albums amongst the Barry Mallow. Um, and he threw him away um, uh, about a year after my mom passed away. And what I don't think he did know was that my original pressing of Pearl Jam Ten was in one of those orange crates. Ooh, luckily my sister rescued it. Um, so I got back along with that copy of Tommy. Um, I think a few That's other good. ones. So my original pressing, um, though the spine is pretty in bad shape. Um, uh, my original pressing of 10 is, um, alive and well, but, um, so it wasn't a total loss. It wasn't a total loss, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking your records. <laughs> just just it's as um, long as they go to somebody who enjoys them that's i get them in that's the, all that matters i get them in the marriage that is our podcast relationship so you know if 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 when i die i i, I haven't myself actually married um you know which uh, I, I don't know. This is going to go down another morbid path. Well, the let's move. The older I get, the less likely it's going to happen. So, um, but you know, that's I, I. I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm just I'm I'm just turning thirty eight, and I'm I'm talking like I'm I'm in my sixties or something. You're, you're so. talking. You're talking as if you're Paul Reiser about to turn forty. <laughs> What can I tell you? You know, and I wasn't even thinking about that, but I, I maybe it's a Jewish thing. You know, I, I realize nobody can see it because it's a podcast, but as I was beginning to talk about, um, uh, you know, getting older and everything, my hands start to move and, uh, you know, my accent suddenly becomes a little more pronounced, which I don't even know where it comes from. I was born in California. I don't know why I have an accent. Um, but anyway, let's get on with the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> minds of the judge's ruling let's throw ourselves the funeral to end all funerals awesome and you know what they say in florida if you don't like this funeral just wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) the judge's chambers i hate this place what's the wi-fi password there is no service sean michael bounces off me and sticks to you (laughs) wait no i messed that up First, say something mean to me, really cruel, something that just guts me. You're totally gonna be glue. So it's come to this. We have finally arrived at the end of your pathetic attempt to prove that humans are more than just mobile turd factories. And you are going to fail again, because that is what you do. You're a choker, Michael, and you're about to choke for the last time. Except for the eternity you're going to spend in the bad place being choked by me, who will be doing the choking. Well, you're glue. So, 
you're, you're glue. Um, <laughs> that, uh, I, I love how Sean needed to clarify, <laughs> except for the choking that will happen. And what is, yeah, I forget if he says the bad place or hell. I think that might be one of the few times they clarify the bad place is hell. Um, yeah. And, which is unfortunate because I actually like the fact that they just say the good place and the bad place and there's not any, um, you know, uh, clear delineation of them as heaven and hell uh, because it leaves it ambiguous and I, I, I like that. But mm-hmm. um, because then it also means that the whole Judeo-Christian uh, philosophy is, is not the the ruling philosophy. But... The fact that he says, except for the choking that will happen down there by me, who will be doing the choking, I will be choking you. Phrasing. <laughs> but no, it, the fact that he felt the need to clarify, uh, leave it in no uncertain terms, he's going to be the guy doing the choking. Um, anyhow, welcome back, Paul Shear. Hello, Good Place Committee. Thank you for coming. No, thank you, Michael. You did an incredible job. Maybe the best job that anyone's ever done at any task. Mm. Uh But you don't know how we did. We might not know how you did, but we know you did great. (laughs) And Sean, before we even find out what happened, we want you to know we're willing to give up all of our leverage, compromise, and meet you halfway. Mm -hmm. I met your mom halfway last night. (laughs) So colorful. (laughs) We are here to sell. That was a solid burn. Celebrate the afterlife. That um, that is a solid burn, but also that's what happens when you win too many, you know, I participated ribbons. Yes, uh, um, as we've talked about, I think we we brought this up the last time, um, we we uh, met this good place committee. Uh, the they're clearly the um, the Democrats. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um and um the whole exchange between Sean and Michael, uh I did get a little distracted by the ginormous bald spot on Sean's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like the third time of like like I've I've watched this episode and I'm like he's really, really bald back there. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, that's it's it's always a um an interesting uh pattern to me of 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 baldness because from the front you can't really tell that he's losing his hair yeah i but think that's why i was so surprised back, and it's it there's no mistaking it it's 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 absolute skull <laughs> yeah that's why i was so distracted i'm like because he's got a fine head of hair like in the front <laughs> But there is no party in the back. And <laughs> <laughs> the the party's left and it's taken all the furniture. Yeah. And the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the carpet. Yeah. And the cheese plate. In the place she felt most comfortable. The cabin of a Gulfstream G six fifty private jet. Donnie was super nice and she deserved for people to be nicer to her than they were. The only sad thing is that she never got over her speech impediment. Tahani improved. 
Is Jason saying that her accent is a speech impediment? That she's British? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> because I've, I've never seen any evidence of Tahani having an actual speech impediment. No, it's, it's the fact that she's British. <laughs> uh, okay, so Tahani's most comfortable place is the cabin of a Gulf, Gulfstream G650 private jet. Yeah. Which I looked up, and it's a $650 million plane. <laughs> yeah. Are you surprised? I guess not. It's just uh, the height of opulence. The Marxist in me was just, uh, like, outraged. <laughs> But you know, I'm sure. I'm sure it's rented. I don't know. Maybe it's a. Maybe it's like a timeshare plane. Maybe uh, she. She and Adele share rights to this plane or something. <laughs> you you assume that uh, Adele is a billionaire? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, come on. I you know. I think it's her and T Swizzle. That's Taylor Swift, by the way, since I know you're not up on the terms. I would have had no idea. The lank, the look on my face was totally blank. T Swizzle? Yeah, Who the yeah. fuck is T Swizzle? That's Taylor Swift. Uh, I, I think her and Taylor Swift. And So, update, by the way. I believe I mentioned this before. Uh, I continue to have never heard a single song by Taylor Swift. How is that possible? I don't know. It just You live in America, happened. right? It's never happened. Like certainly you've like gone shopping somewhere. Okay. And heard I, over I, a speaker. You know, so let me I guess I should clarify. Perhaps it's that I've never been aware that I've heard a song by Taylor Swift. Because it's very possible that I've been in a store or something and there's a Taylor Swift song playing, but I would have no idea because I've never listened intentionally to a, a Taylor Swift song. Okay. So I wouldn't recognize it by hearing it. I mean, there's been... Well, I wasn't you know up on my you know, T-Swizzle game as I was before. There are songs that are popular that I've liked that I didn't know were Taylor Swift until... I was told they were Taylor Swift. I'm like, like, really? But, I mean, the gal can write a hit, dude. And I, I have no opinion of her music because I've never intentionally listened. To I know. We so should just I'm move. not. I'm not. Well, I'm not saying that I think uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift's music is not good. I'm just saying that I wouldn't know it unless somebody yeah. told me, "Hey, this is a song by Taylor Swift." I just, hey, you like what you like. I just don't want you to immediately dismiss her because she's popular. So do my just, records get buried with me now because you know there's no Taylor Swift in there? No, it's, <laughs> your records are still mine. So much over her many lives, but she also helped me improve. She taught me lots of stuff, like bras shouldn't be painful. And you don't buy bras at Home Depot. And they don't sell bras at Home Depot. What the hell are you wearing? <laughs> For the record, it was a men's back support harness, and it worked in a pinch. She was the best friend I ever had. And I loved her. Oh, 
Thank you so much. That was wonderful. I wish Chidi was here. It sucks that he's too dead for these heaven funerals. Can someone grab his arm? My hands are kind of full with his butt. Uh, how did you get so jacked? When he was 14, someone told him that exercise alleviated anxiety. He started doing push-ups and basically never stopped. I just want to chime in here real quick to say that I also exercise because of anxiety. <laughs> how'd, how'd that it's work out for you? It's not as a result of telling... It's not, it's not as a result of somebody telling me that um, that it would help with anxiety. It's just another thing of, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 it's another mental thing of, of having severe, like, body dysmorphia issues. So, hmm. uh, I would like to point out that I'm fat because of anxiety. Uh, but, I mean... I've also lost weight. Which because. I I I I I shouldn't laugh at that. I'm laughing at the situation of No, it's of, it's funny. Of the fact that, you know, I I'm I'm sure it's one of the reasons that we're friends uh that we're, you know, as as solid uh friends as we are is that um <laughs> that that we 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 kind of uh share a lot of the the, the same uh <laughs> problems. <laughs> yes, except you <laughs> You jogged it off, and I ate. I, <laughs> I ate. Um, well, you know, d- to be fair, the only reason that I exercise is because I I eat out of depression. So you know, mm-hmm. it's it's that vicious cycle where I I I, I feel uh, incredibly depressed. So I'll I'll, mm-hmm. I'll eat the entire pint of uh, well, it's not a pint. Whatever the it is a pint, right? Of like Jenny's ice cream. And yeah, yeah. Then I will feel, um, I will, I will feel, uh, I will go into a shame spiral, uh, and so mm-hmm. then I will run for six miles or hike Camelback, um, mm-hmm. you know, yelling at myself in my head the entire time. Uh, to quote uh, that great cinematic character, Fat Bastard, <laughs> uh, from Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I eat because I'm fat. I'm fat because I eat. It's a vicious cycle. <laughs> I gotta get in touch with someone I haven't spoke to in a while. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I fought it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, everyone, let's get this done. This is the single most important case that has ever appeared in my court, and the results will have ramifications for eternity. Before we begin, I'm going to need you all to sign this. A petition to bring back Allie McBeal. Well, yeah. I mean, everything else is getting rebooted. Get a young hottie in there, you know, like a Zendaya type. Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? Zendaya. Or, I don't know. I mean, who wouldn't watch that? Am I right? Anyone? Oh, fine. Would you watch that? You know what? I didn't watch the original Alan McBeal. Okay. I'd watch that. So, I mean, I I don't know that I wouldn't. I can't say that I wouldn't. Uh, Also, uh, who is Zendaya? Dude. Are you serious? Just, just give me a role or a film or something that I would I would know them from. <laughs> um, 
to jog my memory. I'm sure I've seen them. Um, she is in two Spider-Man movies to start. As who? As, um, uh, uh, what's the girlfriend's name? Uh, and also, are we talking the newest Spider-Man films? Yes. Okay, Mary so she's, is she's Peter's girlfriend? Yeah, she's Mary Jane Watson. Okay. Now I know at least she's I've in, seen them, and I, I would be able to recognize them again. She's um, in the show Euphoria um, on yeah, HBO. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I hear um, it's fantastic, but I haven't watched it yet. I haven't seen it either, because that wouldn't mean I have HBO. I have HBO. I, you know, yeah. it's uh, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I need some new shows, so maybe I'll check it out. It's, you know... Especially now that um, that last week tonight with John Oliver is on uh, um, the season. She's on. Over. She's in. Uh, I haven't seen this movie either, but she's in The Greatest Showman. I mean, yeah, I didn't see you, that. you. Well, I figure you being the Hugh Jackman fan that you are, you, you might have. Um, but um, I don't dislike Hugh Jackman. Um, um, but no, it's not one that I've seen. Okay. Well, I'm. Okay, but you know that's that's fine. I just didn't know who it was, uh, yeah. and now now I have I, I, connected the person with a, a role, so I know who it is. Yeah, she's she's excellent. So and okay, I I've seen Ali McBeal and I've seen Zendaya, uh, Zendaya, <laughs> and I would watch. It's fantastic the that Sean knows exactly how to pronounce her name. Yeah, because I, I I've been pronouncing it wrong up until this point. <laughs> um. Uh, and, um, I would watch the hell out of that show. Um, I mean, put a 2020 spin on a clearly 90 show. Yeah. Dancing baby and all. Yeah. See, you, you're aware. I'm aware. You know. I knew it was out there and I knew about the dancing baby. Um, I had also, uh, uh, mostly because I was under the impression that that was their jump the shark moment. No, no, no. It was no, actually, it if it right into the show, huh. uh, into the context of the show, it was just, uh, it's, I, know, I can't, it's been so I long mean, since I've watched it. I couldn't escape awareness of it. I knew about the dancing baby. I knew that Robert Downey Jr. got, was in there for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah. I started watching at that point, um, after, Downey had started, um, but um, it was good for two seasons, at least. Okay. I, have you? I, I mean, have you watched a David E. Kelly show from the nineties? He, uh, well, yeah, because uh, I watched Boston Legal. Yeah, so you're aware of his. Let's take on an issue and put a funky spin on it, like in a Aaron Sorkin sort of way, but without yeah. the cool rhythmic dialogue. Well, I mean, there definitely was the political dialogue, though, because that was all James Spader did. Like, every episode was James Spader, yeah. you know, having his closing argument with the, you know. Well, that's Ally McBeal, except it's from a woman's point of view, written by a man um, you know, with, a maybe- da- with a dancing baby. Maybe I should finally, after all these years, watch Ally McBeal. I loved Boston Legal. I thought that was a fantastic show. Oh. 
I kind of like the practice. I just, but like it's, it's just like ensemble drama slash comedy. Um, and it's, it's very James. much, it's very much in a, like a, what, what they would call a Sorkin tone, yeah. but without the Sorkin dialogue. Cause David E. Kelly's got his own thing. I don't know he what does. that thing is. Um, but it's, I mean, it's something good. I, I, I definitely liked the, the, the writing. Um, but the man the also show. wrote, but the man also wrote like Placid. So we I need didn't to, see that. <laughs> you're I, you're not missing I didn't the, miss anything. You didn't miss anything. I mean, it's a horror movie with a giant alligator. So. And, you know, to tie this back to our last episode, um, he's also married to Michelle Pfeiffer. So I mean, you know, the guy's That's got a good true. life. <laughs> he's he's doing fine. He's doing fine. Um, he's. <laughs> I think that um, that Big Little Live show uh, on HBO, which you have with um, Reese and Witherspoon and is that Nicole him Kibben. too? That's that's a David E. Kelly joint. Take it away, Matt. Okay, the moment we've all been waiting for—the test results that dictate the future of humanity. Here we go. In thirty, twenty-nine. Um. Two, one. <laughs> Cut to commercial. Voila! <laughs> I thought this would be fun. Had a lot of time alone in there. Bam! Simone got 12% better than she was on Earth. Bam! Cheney got 26% better. Bam! John got 44% better. <laughs> the sad trombone. So <laughs> yep. It's just amazing. That's fantastic. Funeral! Uh, also his, I shouldn't have uh, committed so hard to this BAM thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> um, I mean, is that an Emerald reference? Um, yeah, I think so. Like, I, Yeah, he says BAM a lot. I, yeah, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't tell if it was an intentional... Um, BAM reference or not. Jason, at the risk of getting an answer that might thoroughly depress me, what made you choose this setting? There's a Jacksonville tradition of having your funeral where you were born. I got born in the deep end of a pool right after my mom did a cannonball. Well, I knew the risks. You never really talk about your mom. Yeah, she died when I was pretty young. I lost her to the big C. That's what we call the crocodile that lived by my house. Uh, I'm just playing. It was cancer. Watch me do a handstand. Jason Mendoza didn't have an easy life. He once told me the closest he'd ever gotten to having a piñata on his birthday was when a seagull ate too many condoms on the beach and exploded. But despite it all, he was the most optimistic person I'd ever met. Jason was the very first person to ask me about my feelings. I hadn't had any yet, but it made me want to go get some. I could see something special inside him that no one else could see. It was a multicolored blob of positivity right behind his sternum. That's my Jason. A big, colorful rainbow blob stuffed inside a hot, life-size action figure. Plus, I gotta say, it was nice to have a true dirtbag buddy so I could talk about what really mattered in life. Wrestling, semi-legal drugs, 
And Jason, stay them. Stay them forever! Indeed. <laughs> stay them forever. Amen. Amen. Let's focus. Okay, so... There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot um, to unpack there. One Jant wearing the ja- uh, the Jags hat. The return um, of Blake Bertels. Uh Yeah. Um, but there's... There's something going on. There's an elephant in the room or in the pool that we're not addressing. And that Chidi is in there in his sunglasses doing his best impression of Bernie at Weekend at Bernie's. Exactly. And That's This is my note. They Weekend at Bernie Chidi. <laughs> yeah, it's Weekend at Bernie's Chidi. And... We are in no way referencing the uh, greatest comedy of 1989. Um, <laughs> to to, to star, uh, uh, oh, damn it. Um, Jonathan Silverman and Angie McCarthy. Thank you. How could I not remember those two names? <laughs> I, because no one's heard from them in quite a long time. Uh um, well, Andrew McCarthy went on to have a a uh, career as a travel writer and a television director. That's true. He's he's the um That's true. Um he is the um Rick Steves of um of the Brat uh, Pack. of the of the Brat Pack. Uh, he's the one who uh but uh I mean, it shows um, you can go in a couple of different directions. You can have mm-hmm. the Rob Lowe career. You can have the Andrew McCarthy career. Or you can have the Judd Nelson career. <laughs> Judd Nelson. Nobody wants the Judd Nelson career. Judd Nelson was in Empire, the, which was at one time the top show on television. Thank you very much. Uh, so... Um, but um, I would watch a Weekend at Bernie's reboot with Jason Statham. <laughs> Statham forever. <laughs> um, also, I think we need to talk about um, Jason's, uh, like, how he uh, he's... Um, uh, how he's dealing with the way his mom died. Oh, the... Like, he hasn't really dealt with that. Because he talks about... He's joking about it. He said the big sea gotter, which is what they, we call the crocodile in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, oh, I'm just kidding. It was cancer. Watch me do a handstand. I mean, clearly he's he's avoiding uh, actually processing the the grief of what happened with his mom. Well, we'll get to it later on, but there's another character who does the same thing, uh, but not quite in the same way that Jason does it. Um, Indeed. So. Here, free of Earth's complications and its unintended consequences, the other three improved a lot. Chidi got 38% more confident. Simone got 43% more flexible in her judgments of people, and John didn't call one single person the C-word. But he did yell the C-word at himself, as well as a pack of squirrels and a chair he tripped over. Why are we even still discussing this, Brent? 
got worse. If humans can't be good with their needs magically met, maybe they're just not that good. He's right. The evidence needed to be overwhelming. I can't just turn the whole afterlife upside down because three people got a little bit better. But don't forget, there's a lot of evidence that Eleanor, Jason, and Tahani got better in the original experiment. So that's six people. That's the number of friends and friends. Are you going to sit there and say that every single friend belongs in hell? I mean, maybe Ross and Rachel and Monica and Joey and, and definitely Chandler. But Phoebe? Face it, Michael, you lost. Everything you've done. This exp- so are you saying that every friend should go to hell except for Phoebe? Is he wrong? Um, Rachel, for sure. Uh because of of what 10 seasons of that show she is the one who never changed in fact her and ross never changed i'm i'm um, saying so so ross ross we're saying ross and rachel for sure yeah. um i'd probably give chandler a pass and why Monica. would you give chandler a pass chandler was pretty terrible yes but um he slightly improved over the show so do you think he was a little bit of a Brent? Largely think to Monica uh, because because of Monica. Yeah, but did Monica improve? Mm, asking some big questions here. Um, you know, you know me. I got to ask the hard questions. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you're talking about a show I haven't bothered to watch in about twenty years. I don't. Yeah, um, I don't think I watched it since it was on. <laughs> yeah. Um. um I mean, she had become a better chef, um, so I like to think she became a better person, too. She did date Tom Selleck on the show. That's true. Uh, and um, and John Favreau. There you go. And still landed on Chandler. So I think, <laughs> given the evidence, Monica hey improved as a person. <laughs> And we're not uh, but, talking I mean, about, give... and we're not talking about, you know, John Favreau now, who, you know, as he's become, you know, a more big time director and, you know, architect the of the Mandalorian, architect of the Mandalorian and has become, um, you know, more rotund as a result of his, uh, you know, genius and his wealth, um, <laughs> we're yeah. talking about um fit john favreau uh the man who lost like 50 pounds uh after he started rudy so he can make swingers but i mean i would i would think that that joey belongs in up there with phoebe oh no joey's going to hell why is joey going to hell <laughs> um for being a man slut i mean not to, not to shame him but Okay. He, not not to shame him, but he did treat. But he's women somebody who always pretty I, I always thought that Joey worked under the under good intentions. I mean, yeah. I mean, ignor- he's definitely a guy who uh, ignorance is is bliss. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Phoebe, that's, that's true. Yeah, Phoebe's. I don't know, she. She was she was actively good though. Yeah, she was actively good. She was she was the Jason Mendoza of the group. 
You know what I think we came to uh, as a conclusion is that Michael was right. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, we're happy to break that down for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I know you were dying for our opinions on that. Well, I mean, would it have been any fun for our listeners if we didn't elaborate on this question that was posed? I'm I'm seriously beginning to doubt whether or not uh, our listeners are going to find anything fun in this particular episode. <laughs> That's a spirit. We've talked about our ideal funerals. We've talked about depression. We've talked about... <laughs> But we were we fun about it. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press play now, Jared. Please, please do. You lost everything you've done. This experiment, the original neighborhood, sending your little cockroach buddies back to Earth, all of it was for nothing. Bam, you're glue. <laughs> Actually, Sean, that's a very interesting point. Exactly. What? Matt, call up the active files of four people still alive on Earth. Camila Al-Jamil, Donna Shellstrop, and her stepdaughter Patricia, and Stephen Pelias, a.k.a. Pillboy. They were not part of the experiment. If he gets to bring random good people into it, I should be able to bring in random bad people. Call up Elizabeth Holmes. No. Henry Kissinger. No. PewDiePie. Your Honor, the people I want to look at are not random. They're four humans the cockroaches helped on Earth. No magic, just, just kindness. And I bet... Their emotional support made those four people better. And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to say, we're glue. I don't think any of you is using that right, <laughs> but fine, let's see it. Look, right there. After we intervene, Pillboy dedicated himself to caring for the elderly. Camila started a scholarship in Tahani's name that sent 213 women to college. Donna started doing homework with Patricia every night. And that little girl, actually ended up teaching Donna multiplication. <laughs> Yikes. Look, the point is, people improve when they get external love and support. How can we hold it against them when they don't? Need I remind you that Brent got worse with every second of every moment of every day? Until right at the end. With ten seconds left, he swung way up. This is it, Your Honor. This is the whole story. No one is beyond rehabilitation. Brent spent a year being an absolute diaper load of a human being, and the points total tells you that. But what that number can't tell you is who he could have become tomorrow. I'll have my ruling shortly. Okay, Janet, where do you want to go for your funeral? Dave and Buster's probably. You probably want to go to Dave and Buster's. I think I heard her say Dave and Buster's. So let's just go there. We. I'm assuming so, that you need to explain me explain to you who uh, PewDiePie is, right? I've well, I've actually had to have somebody explain that to me before, so I was aware of who PewDiePie was. Oh, <laughs> and what context? <laughs> I I because I was uh, well, it was when I was working um, at a bookstore, and they and there was a PewDiePie book. I'm like, who the fuck is PewDiePie? And somebody had to explain it to me. Oh, um, I thought he. I thought he may have visited the store. No, so I honestly don't remember. I just know he was some sort of internet sensation. And at which point I stopped listening because I, I people being just internet famous 
famous for essentially doing not much of anything at all drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> Says the podcaster. Hey, you know what? <laughs> First of all, not famous. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. Um, I don't know how I feel about this now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so let's leave that there uh, before anybody says anything they they wish they didn't. Um, (laughs) Who is Elizabeth Holmes? I didn't look that up. I didn't know either. Okay, well, we're already running too long for us to check now. Um, but there, you know, they mentioned Kissinger, who, who we, you, we, you know, so that's a callback to earlier in the episode. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I thought Michael oh, oh. was fantastic. Oh, uh, uh, Elizabeth Holmes is was the CEO of Theranos, the uh, health tech company. Oh. So well, and what go. did she do? Are you you're not aware of the Theranos scandal? I am not. Okay, um, bear with me for just a moment. Um, uh, I just I can kind of explain it, but I rather explain it in a way that makes sense. Is it some kind of placebo situation? Um. Okay. Um, in June 2018, a grand jury indicted Holmes and uh, for, and former Theranos chief operating officer Ramesh Balwani on nine counts of wire fraud and two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud for distributing blood tests with falsified results to consumers. I remember this now. Okay. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was the blood testing technology was uh, incorrect. Uh, yeah. So. I remember so. that. I think I heard her say David and Busters. So let's just go there. We can sort it out later. It's nice that you want to honor me, but you've already given me so much. Tahani taught me that you can make a family, even if you never really had one. Jason taught me that I have value beyond what I do for other people. And Eleanor, there was a moment on Earth when all hope was lost, and I watched you have hope anyway. Just thinking about that makes me want to barf up a beautiful quasar. Well said, Janet. That means it's your turn, Eleanor. All right. Mine's easy. We don't even have to move. I stand here before you in sweatpants for the first time ever (laughs) to celebrate Eleanor Shellstrop in a place where she spent much of her life, a bar in a house she was not invited to. (laughs) Eleanor was full of surprises. I never knew if she was going to ruthlessly make fun of me or totally objectify me in a way that was flattering and also vaguely problematic. But whether she was lifting me up or calling me out, I never felt quite so seen as when she saw me. Eleanor, I know you don't like it when people get all emotional about you, so I channeled all of my love for you into this song. That's when the foam cannons go explode outward. And then back to the song. Okay, we're good. Thank you. That's the perfect description of an EDM concert. 
Is it? Yeah. We are here to celebrate the afterlife of Chidi Hanagonye. Eleanor, would you like to say a few words? Chidi was a uh, rootin' tootin' rackin' frackin' varmint. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. It just went full Yosemite Sam there. Um, yeah, I don't think I can uh, do this. I, I, I can't sum up all my feelings about Chidi, so I'm gonna pass. The judge is about to make her ruling. So I'm assuming that that is what you were referring to with the uh, the other scene of avoidance. Yeah, it's exactly Eleanor going full Yosemite Sam. Yeah, because she does what I do. She um, rather than being honest about her feelings, she uh, uses a pop culture reference to deflect. Dude, I do that too. <laughs> and that's why we're best friends. <laughs> Or at least I, I used to do that a lot more. These days I find it exhausting not to just be forthright about whatever's going on in my head to a point where it can be off-putting to some people. Um, well, but, well, that's why I, rem- I mean the. Al- that's why I remember most about when we first met and we recorded our first conversation. Uh, was that uh, you were trying to ask these like sincere questions, and I was like. Wilco, Uncle Tupelo, <laughs> Neil Finn. Yeah, you know, but but you know, thankfully we we moved past all that, yeah. uh, and we you know we got to know each other for real. But yeah, I mean, well, and that's I mean, basically, I guess it started with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Is that that when I started limited engagement, and I you know was was doing the intros, um, you know. I had been inspired by Marin's stuff mm-hmm. and I was just like, I'm going to talk about whatever is in my head. Mm-hmm. And, um, that kind of like broke this wall where I had, you know, previously been, um, somebody who, who could not talk openly about how they were feeling about a person or themselves or, or, you know, whatever, um, I, it suddenly floodgates open. So, uh, it's, I can do one or the other, but I, you know, happy medium, not my bag apparently. Yeah. I'm, it didn't hit me until the Wayne coin of the flaming lips episode, how much Marin opening up, uh, has really, Help me get through some tough shit. Uh, and I really thought I just need to be more honest with myself and with people. Except there's no one to be honest to except for you and my family. <laughs> well, and I, I think, and I, I, you know, I think that people who listen to us will agree as well is that that uh, over the course of this podcast, you've opened up a lot. Uh, um, we've talked about a lot of serious shit. Yeah. And maybe it's just that, that you know, um, that it's because it's, it's just the two of us chatting into microphones hmm. um, and, you know, the, the way that our friendship is. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think it makes it a kind of safe space, if you mm-hmm. will, for us to just be able to talk about shit. Yeah. As it should be. 
Oh, we're using we're literally using a pop culture touchstone to make to to make a safe space for discussion. Uh, so there we go. It's, that's the basis exactly. of our show, and plus it we're using pop culture so I can make fun of you a lot. Right, and so that I can be like, "Damn you, Jason." Um. <laughs> You are you are literally the Mr. Spacey to my George Jetson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I like that analogy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I see it, but I don't know that I like it. I was about to I was about to compare us to to um you know, the the odd couple. Um <laughs> I think I'm probably Felix. Um you think you're the Felix? Yeah, particular, I think I'm Felix. That would make me the. Uh, yeah, that would make me the uh, Oscar, the, slob, the lovable slob. Okay, so reverse it. Um, I think you're more the Felix, and I'm the Oscar. So, I mean, you would definitely be the guy who goes. Uh, took me uh, took me a week to figure out the f u meant Felix Unger. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the two of them together, uh, you know, Lemon and Matt, though, mm-hmm. it doesn't get any better than that. No, have you, um, you were a Wilder kick for a while, weren't you? Or, uh, did, have you seen the fortune cookie? Yes, I've seen, I've, I've seen the fortune cookie. Um, uh, I, I've seen, um, I've seen, I've seen the odd couple, of course. Yeah. I've seen, um, uh, what else did they do together? Uh, I've seen the fortune cookie. I've seen the odd couple. I think I've seen the I've seen the front page. Um, I've seen both grumpy old men. I've seen up to see, <laughs> which you know those later ones are are pretty you know they're pretty cringeworthy to be honest. But you know, I have. I've always liked Walter Matthau. I, I thought, you know, he was um, he was always one of my one of my favorites. But I've been, you know, it had been a while since I'd really watched him in anything. And then I recently watched The Fortune Cookie uh, earlier this week. I just watched The Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Oh damn! Um, and uh, what else? Oh, and I uh, rewatched Charade recently. That's so good. And yeah. He's he was just a fucking genius. The guy could play anything. Oh, you want to check out a good? A Pelham- you want to check out a good Matthew movie? Um, check out Hopscotch. Oh yeah, Hopscotch is great. I was watching the Taking a Pelham One Two Three, and he that scene at the end where he's about to leave the guy's apartment, who was part of the crew. And the guy sneezes, and Walter Matthau is leaving, and says "Gazuntite," and then opens the door back up, and just he just gives a look. He doesn't say anything. He just gives a yeah. look, and that look is fucking genius. Well, yeah, Walter Matthau. Like, I mean, Jack Lemon, of course. Like, I mean, th- that man's a genius too. I mean, oh yeah. Um, 
the men's like played like I mean it, you think of like the China syndrome uh Avanti uh JFK uh I the men's just like a genius Walter Matthau is like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross oh god yeah like Walter Matthau though is like seriously like just underrated um and as a as a dramatic actor um absolutely i don't i mean you know he he i think he was recognized as a comic genius but his his chops as a as a dramatic actor you know absolutely incredible mm-hmm. there's there's no i mean there uh I, yeah i don't know he just he did so much with with uh very little yeah he's uh yeah the man's man was a genius she wants us to be there to hear it oh we should probably change outfits to honey's sweatpants say skank army on the butt they do michael i would also like to point out you came for those who uh point system was flawed can't haven't watched it uh that eleanor um her shirt says dead af yeah and at her funeral (laughs) she was um holding a bottle of lonely girl margarita mix which is a callback to the first episode which is yeah how how she actually died. I thought that was yeah. good, and and you know of course her funeral is in a place that uh, that she frequently was, which was the bar at a house that she wasn't invited yeah. to. <laughs> it checks out. I thought that was great. A system that has been in place since the dawn of time and has judged every soul that has ever walked the earth. And I've come to the conclusion that you're right. I'm... You're right. Humans are not fixed at one level of morality. They can always get better, which means the point system does not accurately judge how good or bad they are. You won. Well, that wasn't so hard now, was it? (laughs) (laughs) The universe owes you a debt of gratitude for bringing this to my attention. Now, in terms of how we handle this moving forward, obviously, Earth is cancelled. Earth is what now? All humans on Earth and in the afterlife will be extinguished, and we will start the entire human race over from scratch. And you know what's so funny? In a very roundabout way, I am actually rebooting Ellie McBeal, because I'm rebooting everything. Anyway, congrats, Michael. You won. Whoa. Whoa, Your Honor. Let's just slow down here and say everything again, maybe, because I think some of us were thinking about skateboards and don't know what's going on. Canceling Earth, doesn't that seem a bit drastic? It's just too much of a mess down there, you know? I mean, the, the simplest solution is to erase everyone that ever lived and restart with a bunch of amoebas or whatever. Then human life will evolve again, or maybe even something better. Maybe this time they won't have baby teeth. You know, that whole thing is so weird, like they fall out and then the bigger teeth just grow out of that same hole. Gross. Anyway, the important thing is, Earth. 
How are you guys surprised? I mean, what did you think was going to happen if you won? I don't know. I thought we could just, like, give three points for eating an apple instead of two. Yes, why can't we just tweak the points a little? Just, a, you know, a little boost, like spanks, but for your soul. Yes. Guys, the problem isn't the points. Or canceling $10,000 of student debt. <laughs> or... I've I've heard they could cancel fifty thousand dollars of student debt. That would be tremendous, phenomenal. That would be life changing. Yeah, I mean, give people like a boost so they can, you know, have financial security. I mean, who's to say? I mean, <laughs> my fingers are crossed. Uh, you know, I'm not holding my breath, but my fingers are crossed. Um, I, I, I've heard that that there's a possibility that that Biden could sign. An executive order his first week in office canceling well thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of student well don't hold your breath you need the oxygen that's right i i, I would be dead. yeah uh and then you would have my record collection we've been over this yeah um so so maybe hold your breath <laughs> you little bastard <laughs> <laughs> hi <laughs> I wanted to to so the judge mentions canceling Earth, mm-hmm. um, and thereby succeeding in rebooting Ally McBeal. Uh, do you think that she means cancel as like old canceled or new canceled? I think she means cancel as this Earth was a television show. Um. Because I find it interesting in like the cancel culture that we live in, that it could be taken, you know, is she saying that Earth's canceled? <laughs> well, I, I, I take it as um, I take it as she thinks that Earth is a television show. And I, because we've established for was it a season and a half now that uh, she's a, she's a binge watcher. And uh, well, not even just of uh, of like streaming services, as we're about to learn when she's looking for her um, her <laughs> her cancel Earth thingy. Uh, <laughs> she pulls out a, a DVD set of season two of Justified, <laughs> the best season of Justified. Oh <laughs> uh, boy! And, I mean, I haven't watched it, so I don't know. I'm sure that it's a fine show. It's a great show. I mean, uh, Timothy Olyphant, he's. I mean, am I wrong? Are, are you going to thirst after Timothy Oliphant too, dude? Who doesn't? I I I don't. I mean, he's a good actor. Uh, you know, he's a fine actor. I don't have. A, he's not a thirst trap for me. Uh, Speaking of, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you? You don't. You don't have HBO. No, so but you haven't seen. I see. I, do you know what I'm I talking know about? to what you're referring to? I. <laughs> Uh, I do know that Adam Driver um, uh, uh, put his boot uh, to the throat <laughs> of um, John Oliver and um, uh, and uh, also blew up 2020 uh, in a uh, he in a did in a spectacular fashion. Yeah. That was so awesome. I that that was. Um, in addition to your article in the AV Club, that was the other high point of my week. Was watching the the season finale of of last week tonight. It was just, mm. it was fucking amazing. 
Oh, I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, even though I'm fairly certain it was entirely scripted, uh, and just, you know, the punchline to a, it, I mean, it clearly was, yeah. but it was fun. Yeah. I, and I, you know, I, anyway, to back to my original point, uh, you're absolutely right. She means canceled like a, a television show, but a, a fun idea to play with the notion of, of, uh, her meaning that she's like canceling earth. Yeah. As if it's, um, now to, cause it kind of deserves it. I mean, come on. If we take the, if we take, uh, you know, like if we take a step back and 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 really you know look at at the state of affairs globally earth kind of deserves to be canceled but you see we can all uh we can all improve as evidence by the last couple of weeks i mean sure yes uh 70 million people voted for a you know yeah, let's let's not go down this yeah. road. We we gotta we gotta pull this out of a nosedive. Anyway. Yeah, so we're we're nearly there. Let's get back into it. It's that Earth has become too complicated for the points to reflect the value of human behavior. Remember the whole thing you discovered, and now I have no choice but to fix it. Where did I put that human wiper outer <laughs> lip gloss? Lip gloss, thing that ends all the wars, justified season two. Wow. She you has won. the button that ends you all wars. I know. Somehow failed. Classic. <laughs> wake Chidi up now. We need all the help we can get. You really want me to wake him up just to tell him that he and everyone else in the universe is going to cease to exist? Not when you say universe is going to cease to exist? Not when you say it like that. What? what? <gasps> The good place, nerds. Our only hope. Oh, I, you know. Yo, 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 angel types. If you were ever going to do something, you got to do it now. Oh, you bet we're going to do something. This has gone too far. I'm composing some very sternly worded letters. Are we sure yeah. stern is the right tone? We don't want to seem strident. It upsets the norms. You're absolutely right. I apologize. <laughs> and resign. Effective immediately. So bold and so proud of you. Here it is. Great. Michael, Sean, Janet. See in maybe a billion years. It has been one crazy ride, you guys. I'm gonna miss everybody, and I'm gonna miss everybody, and I'm gonna miss everybody, and I'm gonna miss everybody. See you at the crossroads, crossroads. See you at the crossroads, crossroads. Oh, I'm gonna miss you guys. Okay. Bye, y'all. Janet, what the hell? Give it back. No, it's in my void, and you can't have it. I don't say no a lot. Did I pronounce that right? <laughs> Janet, you give me back my thingy, or I will go into your void and get it myself. I'd like to see you try. Oh, okay. She's trying right now. <laughs> She's in my void. It feels it feels weird. Ah, yikes. Whoa. Okay. Real cute, honey. Where is it? What do you mean? It's not in my void? No. It's in mine. Ugh, I feel like such a wiener hole saying this, but... <laughs> Michael wrote a manifesto, and I read it on the toilet. I don't have to poop. I choose to. <laughs> anyway, I'm with them now. Are you kidding me? Oh, get over yourself, you dork. The whole system is royally effed. Humans suck. 
But this isn't their fault. You read what I wrote and it, it got through to you? Yeah, but I also used the pages to wipe my butt, so don't pop a stiffy just yet, <laughs> okay? Ah, I am so proud of you. I don't care. I think you do a little bit. Listen up. I made an official ruling and I am not going to see it undone by two Janets All right, playing. Before we get to the best part of the episode, there's a few things you probably need to unpack. It, there. it is one of the best parts of the episode. There well, there are. One of them is that I didn't know what song she was referencing. Oh my god, I think dude. I'm gonna miss everybody. <laughs> You seriously don't know Bone so Thugs and Harmony Crossroads? <laughs> oh my God, Jared! <laughs> that was Bone Thugs and Harmony. That was Crossroads. That was their biggest hit. Never mind. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you right now. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, and 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 many other people. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm so disappointed. I forgot what else I was going to say. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I I wanted to to again point out that she has the thing that ends all wars. Yeah, and she won't. And she hasn't used it. I would like to point out that the thing to end Earth, to reboot Earth, is a garage door opener. <laughs> they both look like garage door openers. Yeah. And saying that she keeps in her purse. Uh, yeah. With, with which and like it could something could have bumped into the button accidentally, mm-hmm. and and that would have been it. Oh, um, and I also would like to point out that um, so uh, bad Janet using the manifesto to wipe her ass. Um, yes. Reminds me of. Don't pop a stiffy just yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you are, are you familiar with um, the greatest living American writer Neil Pollock? I know the name. Okay. So Neil Pollock is the self uh, gave himself the title of greatest living American writer uh, as a joke to poke fun at the. Uh, Jonathan Seffern Fowers and the Dave Eggers Dave Eggersers of the world. Um, I see. And um, I interviewed him. Oh, like 15, 14, 16 years ago when I lived in Milwaukee and he created this, uh, a second novel was about a rock band uh, uh, called the Pollocks. Um <laughs> And they made a indie album to go for a soundtrack as the novel. Um, and one of them is like a a song called "I Wipe My Ass with Your Novel." Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and one of the lines that I will never forget from that song is, "Thank you, Joyce Carroll, for a year's worth of three ply." <laughs> you can easily find out it's it, it's come up i think it was in his first book too which is the um the neil pollock anthology of american literature it's really easy to find on youtube 
Um, I highly recommend it. I'll have to check this out. Yeah, it's, I, it sounds like something that I would enjoy, that I would get a kick out yeah, of. Yeah, and he toured with it, and I met him after the show, and he's hilarious. He's been on Jeopardy. Um, he's written a lot of novels since. Um, I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's just a really nice guy, a uh, funny guy. Uh, he's, but that, um, yeah, the, um, the the indie album kind of pokes, does the same thing he does with literature. He just kind of pokes fun at like um, the Iggy Pops and the punk and like just other things of the world. Uh, it's and music. Um, huh. I don't know how I, that seems like something that I, I should not have missed, uh, but I totally missed. Yeah, it. I mean it's okay. I mean if I covered it, it means you in Milwaukee, that means you probably definitely missed it. Uh, <laughs> I think it was at least... Says the man, the self-pitying man who just got a major article published in the AV Club. It took a long fucking way to get there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and, just saying. And, and, who the, um, and who the fuck knows if it'll happen again. The thing is, I, it took me... Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. But <laughs> uh, but uh, it was 03, so you were probably not working at Barnes and Noble yet. Oh no, I was. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how you fucking missed it then. <laughs> um yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Um Mr. Book guy. Oh. That was what I was that were that reminded me of what you were starting to talk about um because uh brought to mind uh, a a great great singer-songwriter uh Graham Parker who Turned seventy years old this week, by the way. Um, but his his book of short stories, "Carp Fishing on Valium," uh-huh. uh, which I, I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, it, it I think it came out in two thousand or something like that, or nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. But his his uh, essentially, you know, there's there's short stories, but loosely based off things that actually happened uh, to him, and. Uh, his his essentially his alter ego uh, was Brian Porker. Um, <laughs> That's so yeah. If if you have occasion to check out uh, Carp Fishing on Valium, I, I recommend that. And I recommend Graham Parker in general. His squeezing out sparks is is one of it should be in everybody's record collection. Yeah. Uh, as I think should one of his later albums, um, Don't Tell Columbus, which I, I think I don't know if enough people heard that, but um, it, was, it was released in the mid 2000s, and some of some of the best songwriting he ever did is on that album. Uh, you're sort of like uh, you're you're being very Jack Black and High Fidelity right now. Don't tell anybody. You don't fucking know I'm blonde. I'm blonde. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that you don't fucking own Squeezing Out Sparks by Graham Parker. It's going to be okay. And by the way, <laughs> here's one of his latter albums for you. Thrown in with all the easy picks. <laughs> That's right. I, I put in, uh, I put in a, 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 a respected classic and then one of the newer ones. Um. <laughs> How can someone say who loves music? Not love music. <laughs> How 
how could yeah question for you how does somebody who who, <laughs> who doesn't love music own a record store it's it's um, it's funny i believe the actual i used to think you were the rob to my uh you know to my berry but i think i'm the I think you might be the berry to my Rob. Uh, I'm the guy who wants the Captain Beefheart album. That checks out. Oh, no, <laughs> you said that last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, I'm the friend who says, uh, who they sell it to and says, you guys are just a bunch of... I'll give you 40 bucks for it. <laughs> now, why would you sell it to me and not the other guy? Yeah. Because you're not a was he, what do they say? Because you're not a, a you're like not a nerd Lewis, you're not a dweeb or something like that. I'm Lewis. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're not a nerd Lewis. <laughs> yeah, because you're not a nerd. Yeah, I'm the Lewis like, to your. Uh, <laughs> man, you guys are snobs. <laughs> that's, that's what he says. <laughs> I'm the Lewis to your Barry. <laughs> I I still don't think I'm Barry. No, no, you're you're Rob. You're you're still Rob. I'm Lewis. Them. that's uh you know I, I don't know man i really hope i'm not rob uh I, I i there are definitely points i mean i probably uh if i were sitting behind the counter in my record store this week i probably would if asked if um if i had any soul i would probably ask i would probably say that depends yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't know uh, so yeah, I guess I'm probably I'm going through a heavy rob phase this week. Yeah, are you about ready to throw the country A through K rack on the street and go work in a Tower Records? <laughs> which you know I could do online now because <laughs> uh, they're back. Yeah, in online form. <laughs> it's funny because I used to go to the Virgin Mega Store uh, in Chicago quite a bit when I lived in Milwaukee, uh, and. Uh, just because you could get, uh, they had literally every fucking thing you could think of. And it- they did. I went to, um, when I went to see, um, I was already in Arizona, but I, I made the, uh, I went out to LA to see Glenn Tilbrook play at the Troubadour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to, there was a Virgin Mega store at one of the big malls there. And I I went into that I went into that store while um, uh, while while I was in town there and yeah it was they it was insane they it was it was on a it, it was on a night because um, they used to release uh, I want to say they used to release new albums on Tuesdays yeah they did and so it was a Tuesday night and there were people queuing uh, for a midnight release. Yeah. And um it was just a regular thing. Mm-hmm. I mean that used to be more prevalent. People would would queue up for midnight releases. I don't think that really happens. I remember for albums. I remember there was at least two or three times I waited out in the cold of Milwaukee uh waiting for a midnight release. One was for a disappointing U two album, one was for a disappointing Tori Amos <laughs> album, and one was for a really fucking good nine inch nails album. Also, there we go. That was our trip down. <laughs> our, our middle-aged... We're essentially... It was a middle-aged man rant about old record store days. <laughs> you... Now, start, let's yell at the cloud and remember how the kids... You know, we used to have to earn money and... 
You couldn't just reserve an album on Spotify and wait for it to drop in your feed. You had to go wait in a line and 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 uh, and and hope they didn't sell out by the time you got to the counter. Yeah. All right, let's stop yelling. At the, <laughs> let's stop yelling at the cloud and get to the best part of this episode. Keep away. Oh, I should have explained. It's not two of us. It's all of us. Hi. What up, nerd? Hello. Hey, my part losers. Hi. Hi there. What up, part knockers? Hi. What it is? What it is? What up, dorks? Set the manifesto around to all the other Janets. We have a group text now. I mostly send gifts of otters. <laughs> this is so annoying! Okay, Janets. You wanna do this the hard way? I am gonna search your voids one by one and then marbleize you one by one until I get my stupid earth rebooter thingy back. <laughs> We're not gonna be able to hold her off forever. We need a plan. Okay, so what's the plan? Plan, plan, plan. Step one, get a plan. Step two, <laughs> Do the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is no disrespect to Shit's Creek, which um is a show I you know love and adore. But uh how did she not get a fucking Emmy this year? I know. Right? Yeah. I mean disco jam. What is what is? <laughs> what is yeah. I mostly send gifts of otters. Yeah. <laughs> Call back to the first episode. <laughs> I call backs in this episode. It's it, the Janet Army is amazing, mm-hmm. and Maya Rudolph. How she can like have all that attitude while saying, "If I don't get back my stupid Earth reboot thingy," mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's just it's amazing. Yeah. It's it's it, fantastic, incredible, and. I don't know if, if, you know, I enjoyed that before more Janets can come out of the portals, the judge closes them, and not only closes them, but she puts the club on them. Yeah. (laughs) Which, I don't even know if the club is still a thing. If it's not, just to briefly explain, it was something that people would put on their steering wheel to stop, you know, a theft prevention thing. Um, which I'm not entirely which, sure how that worked, how that prevents you from, someone from stealing a car. Well, because you extend it, right? And the handle, it, you, it, it gets shoved up into the, basically into the windshield. To, so you can't actually like steer the car. Ah, uh, yeah, locks that's right. The, um, locks the, the steering wheel in place. Well, you, you still use yours, right? You could get around that. People would spray it with like uh, with um, liquid nitrogen or something and just shatter. Yeah. So you sound like you know this from experience. Were you either? No, I just remember. I remember it being a thing. Oh. I saw it on the news or something at, at some point. I don't remember when it was. It was in the nineties, I want to say, or the early two thousands, something like that. It was. <laughs> it was a thing. Everybody had one, and then suddenly they were like showing. Here's how people are getting around it. Because the club is not going to save your car. Because there is that part of me that likes to th- that um, likes to you know. Before I met you, you were Vin Diesel in the first uh, Fast and the Furious movie. 
where it's all about family. Yeah, where it's all about family. <laughs> and um you decided to go to a uh, more reserved life of um I think I need to use some of my alone time over the holidays to finally watch a Fast and Furious movie. Well, cuz I've never seen one. Well, I figured that like you know at, at some point uh you got over uh you decided that stealing cars uh wasn't for you. Uh, so you got out um, right before, right before, um, right after Tokyo. You decided to Tokyo drift, uh, and you decided to go for a life of um, brooding and uh, self emasculation uh, <laughs> because. Uh, <laughs> And that's what I like to think. No, I, I hate to disappoint. I was always self-emasculating. <laughs> uh, I self-emasculated for the first time as a preteen. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I self-emasculated all over the place. Um, <laughs> um. That's right. It's funny because it's sad on multiple levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you got out right before uh you got out of the of the franchise right before things got uh like uh, like insane. <laughs> uh when they started yeah. uh driving cars before one of my partners was a hologram. Yeah. Before you started <laughs> driving your car through the seventy fifth floor of a uh of a um skyscraper. Uh but uh who and that's you know, that's probably you, you regret that you missed out on those thrills. Uh, and yeah, if I'd seen them, I might. As I've said, I still haven't seen a Fast and Furious film. Uh, I I need to start making a spreadsheet of popular things that you have never done. Uh, listen to a Taylor Swift song. It's going to be a. I don't know. You know, you might test the uh, the number of rows that you can make an excel spreadsheet for uh because for somebody who is as immersed in popular culture as i am there uh it's it's the popular side of popular yeah, culture that i seem to i think um uh, have trouble with <laughs> yeah no you're you're immersed like in culture 40, 50 years ago see here's here's the thing you're immersed in culture it's not popular but you're immersed in culture. <laughs> um, but that's what makes me cool, right? <laughs> to a degree. Oh man. All right, let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> Working. Michael, focus. Right. Sorry. Uh then maybe we can change what we do with the points. Yeah, we just need a, a brand new system for judging humans in the afterlife. We can do this, right? Yeah, but in order to crack it, I think you know what needs to happen. There is literally only one person here who is smart enough and thoughtful enough to save humanity. Fine. I'll do it. <laughs> Not you, dummy. <laughs> Designing a better afterlife is the ultimate ethical question. Chidi spent his entire existence pondering the biggest questions. He is brilliant. 
and empathetic. All he cares about is how best to treat other people, and he is willing to sacrifice his own happiness to do it. If we're gonna pull this off, we need Chidi back, and he needs his memories. You wanna take the most indecisive man ever born, stuff him full of over 800 different versions of himself, and then tell him he has like, what, 45 minutes to save humanity? <laughs> you think that will go well? I don't know how it's gonna go. But he is our only chance. And it is now or literally never. Wake him up. Not in this, Janet. Next. Poor Janet. Yeah. Getting marbleized. Yeah. And of course, you know, curiously enough, 45 minutes is two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Real time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, as I said before, um, it, it ended up being like this uh, elaboration of a um, really weird part of Empire Records, and it turned really ramp things up quite a bit. Are you aware of the scene I'm talking about from Empire Records? I have to refresh my memory because it's been a really long time. Well, um, okay. Uh, again, going calling back to your uh, culture, not pop culture. <laughs> um, so, right. um, if you recall, um, or not recall, there's a character played by Robin Tunney um, who at one point in the movie does a Sinead O'Connor and shave her head and this is the day after she has yes. committed suicide um, so once again going out on a downer uh, so um, when, they re- when the rest of the crew of Empire Records wait who committed suicide? well she Attempted, Robert Tunney's character, the gal who shaved her head. Oh, we're okay. Yeah. Like, whoa, what, what, what did I miss? This happens before the movie even starts. <laughs> um, but they mm-hmm. realize that she made an attempt, and so they give her a funeral in the employee bathroom, uh, where they say nice things about her. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's what the scene is, um, which never happens in a record store or any other uh, any other workplace ever. Um, but uh, yeah, that's so. That's what they did in this episode. They gave each other a funeral. Uh, they did indeed. Um, but then things got better. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is it, it, because, and that's I mean that's what we watch the show for. It, 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 people, you know, living out their own funerals is nothing new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the weekend at Bernie's thing clearly <laughs> nothing new because we the weekend at Bernie's did it, uh, but. The rest of it, once they're in the courtroom, it just it does it 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 takes off into a whole 
other realm. Hmm. And like I was saying, the Janet army, disco Janet, mm-hmm. neutral Janet, all the all all the Janets, and like again, like the differences in. I mean, Darcy Carden is fucking incredible mm-hmm. actress. Um, the like just the range in the the I mean the Janets standing near each other the subtle like like you can tell which ones are the neutral Janets and you can tell you know which ones are the good and the bad it, with without them it, I don't know anyway I know I couldn't find Disco Janet and so yeah y- yes you could <laughs> okay she said what it is what it is I know oh. you're I know you're what yeah you're doing here. Can, okay. and. Are we are we gonna let the fact that it's clearly a riff off Disco Stew? <laughs> but Disco Stew doesn't advertise. That's true. What do you mean Disco Stew doesn't advertise? Disco Stew says talks about himself in the third person all the time. Okay, so here is where we are again at an impact. So 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 let me uh, divide, if you will, where I have to tell you about the Simpsons episode where Yeah. They have a garage sale, and <laughs> Homer pulls out this denim jacket that he had tried to bedazzle uh, Disco Stud onto, but he ran out of room for the D. So the jacket says Disco Stew, and Disco Stew's walking by the garage sale, and somebody says, hey, Disco Stew. And he looks at the jacket and says, Disco Stew doesn't advertise. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it brings me to my point. <laughs> Again, that you will pull the most obscure Simpsons reference out of your ass at a moment's notice, but you don't even know if you've listened to a Taylor Swift song or not. I'm a complicated individual. I, I don't think complicated. Uh, <laughs> Many layers. I, I don't think uh, onions apply here, bud. I. <laughs> <laughs> um. You, uh, I think you've, uh, I think you've quarantined yourself long before the quarantine, <laughs> my friend. I was going to say, it's probably embarrassing to, to let people know how many years ago it was that I last saw that episode. Uh, <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> it was a long, it was a, no, it was a long time ago. It's probably been at least 10 years since I watched that episode. And I can still recall it. Uh, oh. I can recall that verbatim. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's hilarious, but just. I believe that's also the episode where they have t-shirts that say Ayatollah Asahola. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can literally pull maybe... Yeah. Like I can do maybe about three episodes of The Simpsons. I can like distinctly remember lines. Uh, Springfield Gorge. Uh, <laughs> um, Homer stomping on Elvis Costello's glasses as he yells, "My image!" Uh, yeah. Um, and um, the one where Homer becomes a chiropractor. Uh, that's a later episode, um, but yeah, I was gonna say I don't, I, I haven't seen that one. I don't know that one. Yeah, uh, it's. I was watching 
uh, one of the things I did over Halloween was watch a bunch of Treehouse of Horror episodes, mm-hmm. and including the one where Homer uh, gets sucked into a 3D land. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Um, and Patty or Summer, I forget which one it is, but one of them says, it's like he disappeared into fat air. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... That's why this show is so genius because it's right there. It's 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 a simple joke. It's it's but it's also brilliant. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and and Homer when he's in when he's in the three D universe, mm-hmm. how he's looking at himself and he's like, "I'm so bulgy. My stomach comes all the way out to here, and my ah," <laughs> as he's looking behind himself. <laughs> well done sir all right well people we've done it we've we've uh, we've once again talked too long uh on this very special what the fork episode and uh yeah you can uh ah fuck it let's just get done i forget what i usually say i remembered take a sleazy chili babies and mask the fork up that's right mask the fork up please This has been a Hoonwaddle production. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not check out one of our other fine podcasts available from Hootenwaddle.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any number of podcast apps. If you'd like to support Hootenwaddle and get access to an exclusive member-only podcast, receive discounts on merch, and more, go to patreon.com forward slash Hootenwaddle.